Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? We are doing great. We're here at Fletcher Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. But before we get started with Mark, do you want to go ahead and mention that now? I'm Frank? sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Mark, obviously, uh, we had some a very unique circumstance uh, at the University of Arkansas with a football program, something that's never happened in the history of the program, and that is firing a coordinator midseason. Now, listen, Frank Brules did uh, fire a head coach in the, after the first game of the year back in 1992, but we've never seen this happen with a coordinator. Just wanted to get your take on it after watching the, the performance of the Hogs against Mississippi State, do you feel like it was worthwhile and the right thing to do? Yes, I think it was. And I think it was the timing was right because you had a buy and you had an opportunity to promote somebody within the program, and you get the extra week off to work with your quarterback and your offense. So if you're going to do it, the time to do it was now because doing it earlier in the season probably would have hurt this team going down the road. You know, Mark, you know, Frank and Raj, you know, uh, Mark's been doing this show with us probably seven, eight years Easy, now, maybe yeah. maybe even longer. And you've been, we've been watching Razorback football with, with obviously a special eye because you work with us. I mean, have you ever seen anything that looks so bad uh, offensively? I mean, 97 yards passing, 103 rushing, only four first downs in the first half. It just looked, the play calling looked horrible. It was a, a very bad product, one that I haven't seen is that bad maybe ever. You don't expect that when you've got a quarterback like KJ, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, and you expect more out of your offense and you demand more from your offense. And we talked about it earlier, some of the decisions that are made. The short yardage decision when you've got your quarterback in the yep. shotgun position, when you've got a big guy that can run the football, that's ridiculous. And then not having designed plays to get him out of the pocket when you've got a mobile guy that's big, that's strong, that's got a good arm, that can run the ball when he gets out of the pocket, put pressure on defenses and stress defenses, and also can throw the ball with accuracy. So just some simple things like that when you're looking at the offense that I questioned, and we talked about this before. Well, now you've got a uh, got Kenny Guyton who was was brought to this program with Kendall Bryles, receivers coach. So he he knows that Bryles system. He was a uh, quarterback at Ohio State. Uh, do you think he could come in and make a difference here these last four games? I think it's going to be challenging. I think that they're, they're probably going to go a little more up tempo, and I think that's going to put a lot of stress on the defenses because you've got the quarterback that can make plays with his feet as long as with his arm. And I think it's going to be a little different wrinkle. And if you see that and see some more explosive plays with this offense and just moving the ball consistently, if you get that out of the offense and hopefully score more points, you're definitely going in the right direction. We're visiting with Mark May, brought to you by Edwards Food Giant and Dugan's Pub. Uh, you know, it is sort of amazing to think where this offense was last year and where it is now. Uh, and you're right. He's, uh, KJ's already alluded to the fact that he's hoping that Guyton will allow them to be more up-tempo. What do you think? What do you think happens, Mark? We we asked Frank Fletcher. You know, he's a supporter of the university. Do you think that there's a possibility that Sam Pittman could be fired this year? Do you think they're you know, regardless of what happens, where if they were to go zero and four, do you think they need to move on? If they go one and four, two and two, do they continue to give him another opportunity? Where's your, what's your take on it? I think they're going to give him an opportunity because look what he did. He came in the right of the ship, and it was a situation where it was pretty bleak a couple of years ago, if everybody remembers that. And then going around and getting the victories, getting the bowl games, and doing the things that he was able to accomplish. Look, you've got one bad year. It's one of those years where you take it, you say, you know what, we're going to take a mulligan this year, and we're going to get ready for next year, we're going to start recruiting right away, and recruit harder and get better players in here, and we're going to get this thing turned around in a hurry. And I think... You have to get that opportunity because when you look at the program, the defense has been absolutely spectacular compared to what you thought they were going to be going into the season. 
So at least you can hang your hat on that. And you played ranked teams, you, you know, three three out of the last four games were ranked teams on the road, and you played with a, a one-score game. So you're not that far away on both sides of the ball. You just need to get more of a spark offensively and just change this offense. I, it drives me nuts when I see the offense go to the line of scrimmage, and then you stop and you look to the sidelines and figure out what the play is like. No, <laughs> just get up and run the play. Run the right. defense. Look at the defense. If it's a check with me or an option, just look at what, you're, what the defense is giving you. Call the play and go. And yeah, every time I see I, that offense, I just sit there and I'm like, just run the play. <laughs> uh, so I did want to ask you as well, what do you what do you make of the, the, the situation with Michigan and the accusations of the sending out a staff person to scout uh, with video and then uh, using that as an advantage for the team? Are you up to date on that story and what's your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, one, it's Ohio State's behind it because – <laughs> you didn't hear anything about Michigan or about the hamburger story, about them recruiting before. There's no story out there about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh until it starts beating Ohio State. What a coincidence. <laughs> you know, doing things that everybody else is doing out there in the recruiting trail, doing things that everybody's out there doing on the sky. A lot of teams steal signals. They just don't report it. It's not like back in the day when you had a big camcorder that you're like out there, you know, taking, taking shots of somebody playing the game and, and catching their signals. You know, now you can just do it with your with your phone. So, so basically, you know, everybody probably does it. I'm probably sure not everybody does it, but I'm sure a lot of schools do it. And it's one of those things where, gosh, you know, you never heard this stuff when Jim Harbaugh was going 8-4 and four and not beating Ohio State. You know, no questions out there about Jim Harbaugh, but all of a sudden it just turns around the last two years that more and more is coming out about the Michigan program that nobody talked about this program of doing those things in the past. So, you know, I look at these things with a grain of salt. The NCAA, they can't do a lot. They're not going to make them lose games or forfeit games. I don't think that's going to happen. I think whatever they're going to do is probably going to be something minor, like maybe you get the loss of three scholarships for the next two or three years at max. So it's not going to be anything that's going to be devastating to the Michigan football program. Uh, before we let you go, I had to ask, uh, you're living in Arizona. Are you a Diamondback supporter? Are you all in with with Arizona uh, for the World Series? Everybody's all in now that they're winning. Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> and they're losing. Nobody cares. No, but the Diamondbacks have done a terrific job. Nobody expected anything like this out of the Diamondbacks. And I heard the other day that tickets are going for like a grand. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. been a long time. It's been since 2001 since this team's been this deep into the playoffs. Yeah, we're gonna we have the chance to attend a game tomorrow in Arlington, and uh, looking forward to seeing that. I, I really don't have a dog in the hunt, but I, I presume the Arizona. Where, where does the pro sports in Arizona? What's sort of the pecking order of the, the of the favorites there? What gets the most attention? Probably the Suns, and then now the Diamondbacks because they're winning, obviously. And then after that, the Cardinals. And, it, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. You would think that this would be a football town, but. Arizona State's not doing very well. The Cardinals are both 1-6, and six, so between them they're 2-12. and 12. Arizona's doing a little bit better. They might be able to get to a bowl game with their about two hours to the south of us down in Tucson. But this, this town, when I spent my two years here, this was ripe for the community because even when we weren't that good when I played for the Cardinals back in the early 90s, this, this thing sold out. We played our games at Arizona State, and the fan base was always strong here, but the new owner, Michael Bidwell, I call him Fredo Bidwell. He's done a ter- he's done a, a terrific job of crushing this program, like Dan Snyder did to the Redskins, just taking them back to the Stone Age. Well, at least at least you always have pretty good weather there. I guess it can get a little hot, but uh, you know what gets me, Mark, is that that one in six that you mentioned of the Arizona Cardinals is where that one came from. Oh, yep. and guess oh, what? It was a double digit victory over the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. That was one of the more shocking games of the season. Yeah, the Cowboys were a 14-and-a-half-point favorite going into that game. 
I know. They should have got rid of an offensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, Mark, where was Bidwell before? Wasn't he at St. Louis before? Where was he before he bought that team? Uh, the, the franchise started off in Chicago, then moved to St. Louis, and then after St. Louis moved out here to Arizona. And it was at yeah. that time that I just left the Redskins after injury, and I went the one year in San Diego, and then came out here for my last two years with Coach Bugle. He was my offensive line coach in Washington and the head coach here for the Cardinals. Well, he's been a terrible owner for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the thing about it is, Mr. Bidwell, the old man, died a couple of years ago, about three years ago, and his son Michael took over operations about five or six years ago, and that was right after they finally got to a Super Bowl. And ever since he's been in charge, it's been downhill. I think since he's been in charge the last, like, six or seven years, they've had, like, five coaches. That's how bad it's been out here. And this is a, this is a graveyard for head coaches. That's why... There were about Dan Quinn and a couple other guys turned the opportunity down to be a head coach oh, in the National wow. Football League to, to say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to take the interview. I'm going to wait another year or two. And that, that's how bad this program is. There's only 32 jobs like this on the planet, and guys were turning down interviews for this job. Well, before we let you go, just FYI, speaking of owners, Frank Fletcher was a uh, fraternity brother of uh, the one and only Jerry Jones, and uh, he, he was a Kappa Sig. I uh, just listen when we let go when we let Mark go. That's going to be another one of the things I bring back is what fraternity uh, was uh, was Frank Fletcher in with Jerry Jones? What kind of uh, uh, fraternity brother was Jerry back in the day? He was wasn't he making money back then too, Frank? What? Jerry was uh, trying to trying to figure out ways to make money. He always even was an entrepreneur then. even when he was in college. <laughs> shocker, shocker. Yeah, he uh, he first got into oil and gas business. That's where he yeah, made that's... the first money. But I think he was making money off uh, laundry, like uh, dry cleaning, wasn't he? Well, I had the laundry. Oh, that was you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made every kid give us their clothes whether they were dirty or not. Was <laughs> he there... selling tickets at halftime? Or, uh, uh, yeah, like Jerry was selling football tickets, wasn't he? That's yeah, Jerry, Jerry was pretty pretty innovative. How about that, Mark? Even back then, at age 19, Jerry Jones was, was an entrepreneur. You probably should have known back then and jump on the bandwagon. Whatever he gets invested in, you want to follow him. That, yeah. That's right. Uh, well, Mark, thanks so much, buddy. Have thanks, a great Mark. weekend.